Welcome back to Gear and Beer. Cheers. Cheers. Johnny Stanton joins us today, the pride of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. <laughs> Johnny, welcome. Thank you, Rob. Um, this is, uh, for first-time listeners, a video and audio podcast. So if you're listening to it, be sure to check it out on YouTube for more in-depth content. We've got all kinds of angles of all the gear and all of that crap. Enough about me. Johnny. Hey. Um, you brought some cool stuff. There'll be no question as to who this B-15 belongs to. Right. It does have your name embossed upon it. Indeed, yeah. I just uh, I had to get that option uh, once I saw it. You know, Once it was available, I, I thought that, well. Lyndon, do you have an amp with your name on it? Uh, no, but I did have a crate blue voodoo that had backlighting with the tubes and a, a clear grill. I know what you're talking about. Those it, are pretty cool too. I was just it was actually a pretty good sounding clean side, uh, the dirty side. Not. I'm so having complete deja vu because I just edited the podcast where we were talking about that right. with Tony today. Perfect. And we were talking about that same amp, and you said exactly that mm-hmm. uh, about the clean sound. So Lyndon McCarty over here twisting and tweaking. Hi as always um that was very cute um johnny brought some toys today he's got his so this is a vintage amp on a redone cabinet with a new speaker correct correct it's a 63 head um i actually have the original cabinet as well but i have the the new cabinet that's made by vintage blue my buddy mark gannenberger up in cincinnati okay if you'll give me a link i'll provide a link to that in the youtube as well having old b15s this is one of those things where uh recording they can become noisy with the old plies coming unglued and uh the head sounds great and the cabinet sure on, does. on that one sounded great too but this one i wanted to have i saw mark had built a white one for daryl jones from the stones oh. with a heritage or uh yeah because it was a heritage head and uh i was like well let's do that with an old head how about so that's pretty cool yeah, uh, I mean it looks awesome. Yeah, um, I bring it to a few sessions, but I obviously I don't bring it out a whole lot. But it's fun. It sounds great too. So it's so pristine, and the Tolex is. Yeah, she's pretty it's beautiful. What speaker did you say was in there? It's JBL. A, yeah, it's JBL K140, and these seem to pair well with the uh, these these heads and these. I mean these amps, obviously, but yeah, um, yeah, no, it's and their magnets small enough where it fits in between the transformers. So a JBL is a good option for a, a B15 if you're looking to change out your stock speaker there you have it folks tips from the pro himself <laughs> uh and you brought a little bass over there that's your yeah your, is that your what you would refer to as your baby yeah i would probably be my main number one i guess you'd say or, or baby do you uh do you play multiple basses on the road i do this what, is what yeah. else are you playing another p bass of course this has got flats so i have another p bass with rounds and okay. in with a hip shot so i can do drop d because uh, we go back and forth a lot sure sure um and i also been using my my wayland telly bass lately at the uh, i the forgot about that tool leather. yeah that's that's a cool bass man i forget you'll have to bring that next time when yeah, you come time. back you'll yeah. certainly have to come back um, for sure that's cool so we kind of got everything mic'd up here or, or well, we actually have the b15 running through the ua ox and I forget what cabinet we're using, but we it went was with a the very, uh, Greeny 412. Yeah, so we're using okay. the Greeny 412. So that's essentially the 412 green back uh, option there, mm-hmm. which uh, sounds really awesome. And then we're also coming out of my pedal board here. I've got the API LX transformer, which is the base model. I mm-hmm. uh, just recently got that, and I was interested to hear your base with flats through it. So we've got that as well. And if we want to, we can turn on the Ampeg DI into the API, which is another cool sound. Um, are we? Do we have sound right now? I think we do. Mm-hmm. Yep, we do. Is, is that everything? Okay, yeah. That's so. That's that. That's the API. That's the API. And are you on standby? or Are you on? Because we should have both. I think. We're, yeah, and it's the B15, right? Okay, so that's a blend of the B15. Yep. Hit that bypass on that. Uh, the API, and now let's just the B15. Yeah, it's just the B15, right? Yeah, that sounds sounds fantastic. It's so woody and like open sounding, which is just kind of what I look for in guitars and basses in oh, yeah. general. Just for that, sure. and and amps because you know the you know the wood like the way the instrument sounds acoustically and that one sounds amazing acoustically it really it's does. like what you want to try to so that's what i want to hear sure. i don't want to hear the 
I'm not into the super like I, there's a lot of instances like particularly in modern gospel where that's not really the sound but that sound can still work sure um but it's generally like the very uh glossy boosty sounds you right. know more active i'm not drawn to those as much unless doing that kind of a gig but um so let's do this then let's uh stand by this and sure. turn that api and that's just the api and i've got everything flat and there's no compression we got the gain at about 10 30 i would say yeah um oh, there's the ampeg yeah now that's the ampeg scrdi into the lx which is kind of what i've been doing now I, I EQ differently depending on which bass I'm playing, and I just get everything set flat. Sure, we got a healthy buzz coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's by me pointing my bass at my amp. Uh, uh, it definitely is. So here I'll just. Oh, uh, there it is. I'll yeah. face right, away a little right. bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I, I didn't mean for you to sit here and play all night or anything. No, no, it's good. We can hear the differences, though. Dude, that sounds super fat to me. I mean, even flat, that sounds great. It really does. Turn turn that B15 back on now. Now this is the best of both Blended, worlds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, that's that's, that's it, <laughs> dude. That sounds like a big old buttery biscuit. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, what else do you describe that? I mean, what else do you want? I mean, that's and I, I don't do anything to the audio in post. I, I do to the to the vocals, but I don't I don't touch guitars or bass sounds so that it's as true a representation of what we're hearing right now as possible that's killer i guess that's not true because there's like bus compression right master bus whatever blah blah blah. but um, you're not really messing with it very no. subtle probably, yeah. probably like a four to one ratio no or no, no no plugins or anything on the on the guitars or the basses and these strings are probably a month old i mean we've been playing pretty steady so they're slightly broken in and they're they're cobalt flats you cobalt said? flats yeah right on 45105? 45105. I played it earlier. That bass play is amazing. It's a 61P if anyone's curious what it is. Yeah. Slab board, so. And so there's a story about this bass. It was, uh, something was broken on it, was it not? There was a few issues with this bass when I first got it. But, but there, wasn't there like a, a structural, like a, a wood issue? Oh, that was my other, my 57. Oh. That had a crack in the back. That's right, that's and right. And that was stabilized, but... Um, this one's, I mean, it's got plenty of wear and tear, obviously. The wear amazing. is beautiful on it, yeah. But it had, uh, it needed to be refretted really bad when I first got it. Um, my buddy Tony Nagy over at Gruen, he refretted it for me. Tony's doing that over there? Yeah. Really? Yeah, Tony's the man. That's good to know, bro. I'm going to take him. I've got Billy's, uh, Billy Freeman's dad's 80 G&L L1000 that oh, yeah. desperately needs frets. Oh, yeah. And that that bass is those are cool basses it, it, it is cool uh you know they call that uh beginner's vintage because they only made them those two years 80 and 81 right but you can find them for like 1200 bucks yeah and reasonable. you can probably find them for cheaper than that if you're really really looking for that bass specifically right but they look cool and you know despite being kind of heavy they very much do the stingray sound which oh. is I, I don't have that in my arsenal i just have mm. the jazz and the p yeah yeah definitely i just picked up a stingray but yeah that was a sound I always had to borrow if I needed it for a session. You just about to say you just use it on sessions, right? I've right. never seen you play one, right? No, I, I've, I've had a few over the years, but it's usually one of those things where it's like, oh, I, that would be a cool option for this. So yeah, it's been something I'd have to borrow, but yeah, they're, they're, it's great to have now. But. And you have an old Epi hollow body that you take to sessions too, right? I do. Yeah, yeah I was going to borrow that for that session that That's I right. ended up falling through, but um. Man, it sh- I should have told you to bring that. I wanted to see that bass. No, well, next time. Indeed, next time we'll. Uh, you just have to really load the car down before you come over. <laughs> That's um, cool. <laughs> so you guys are steady hitting it. For those who don't know, uh, listeners and watchers, uh, Johnny plays bass for a band called Steel Woods. Uh, I will definitely put a Spotify link in the YouTube description for that. Um, I'm not sure how linking is going to work uh, with my audio distribution yet, so I will uh, uh, let you know uh, <laughs> right. when I figure that out. I'm still I'm still working on the at this point in, in the podcast. I have so, I have done a soft release 
just today to okay. see how long it takes to hit sure before i announce it so okay. uh, we'll be online soon uh and this is uh gear and beer episode seven excellent um so lucky number seven johnny stanton i'll take it <laughs> um i gotta find that i gotta get tyler uh lebronson smith to send me that picture and use that as your picture <laughs> i'm scared <laughs> did you see it i i don't think i did although I've, i see a lot of, of those photos you know so for our listeners if you can imagine uh leonardo dicaprio's face on i would say early 80s ronnie james dio hair the hair is not quite the same, but it's the same length as your hair, and right. so it's a, and you look kind of look like Leonardo DiCaprio. So right, I've got the Leo thing for years. So <laughs> well, I, I mean, I see it. Yeah, I, I guess I do too, <laughs> to an extent. Ladies, um, <laughs> that's dope, man. Yeah, so, man. Uh, and you're pl- you said that you're playing your. Uh, your vr svt on the road yep been using my svt vr for the last few years just to have more headroom but you're I, doing a 212 and a 115 i'm doing setup, a 212 right? yep right the, and they're the, separate cabs separate cabs it's the svt 212 that would come with the v4b reissue uh, okay. that's kind of the the mate to that uh, i was using two of the 212s with that v4b and then i switched to the v the svt just for some more headroom okay because it was breaking up that mic with your sibilance sorry there it's going close i hear a bunch of i'll uh eventually this podcast (laughs) will have uh what they call pop filters for all microphones right and maybe the right microphones but hey who's to know i think they call it professional equipment uh professional equipment well this is certainly professional equipment that is (laughs) improperly (laughs) set up for this particular iteration so i've got that going for me yeah yeah holler (laughs) holler if you hear me um sorry I'll, i'll try not to pop too much over here yeah don't be popping them gums at me son mm-hmm. popping um, come on daddy um no but so i've been using those two cabinets and the svt um i had the actually I had mark gannenberger build the the bottom cabinet That's this, the, this guy right the, the builder you have the white cabinet um he built me the single 15 cabinet the same dimensions as the 212 cabinet because i was kind of missing the the booty of a 15 yeah so it's kind of best of both worlds you got the headroom of the svt you got the, the punch of the 212 and the bottom end of the 15. I bet that's a thick boy. It really is. I bet it is. Works well. Um, and uh, I'll try to remember to put a link to uh, the Steelwoods. Do you guys have a? You guys got an official website? or Yeah, thesteelwoods.com. Okay, so I'll put a link to thesteelwoods.com or feel free to take yourself and try to find Johnny somewhere. <laughs> uh, he's like, they're like literally all over the place. Um, the You guys travel kind of brutal, to be totally honest, but that's the life we've chosen to indeed a yeah i mean we have a bus driver so it's not like we're, yeah, yeah. we're all vanning it together sure sure but yeah no we once we get going we get going you know on a good weekend or we got a pretty long run coming up so it should be fun yeah yeah i saw that show me that schedule earlier um so oh shoot i'm dropping all my stuff um mm-hmm. so like when you when you found this base what like when you pick up a bass acoustically what are you what are you looking for you know like do you have a a set of like you know for me for instance like i i i want the bass or the guitar or whatever instrument to sound good acoustically whether it's an electric instrument or not sure and i want it to feel good and a balance and something that i worry about these days is um well i haven't i don't buy instruments that often anymore i gotta right uh, i have to buy another stand to put them in but (laughs) right um you have to buy another room to put them in yeah but yeah whatever um uh but like just the balance of like sgs for instance right always have that weird headstock or often do Yeah. yeah and mine doesn't and that's just by chance but what is it that you is there something that you're looking for or is it just like general vibe and like sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't it's a general vibe but it's kind of like what you're talking about i mean you want to have a certain resonance or you want to make sure it sounds good unplugged when i first played this bass it had some really ancient flats on it so it was kind of tough to really get that but what i fell in love was with was the neck shape um it does feel very it feels very similar to to my p bass to be told yeah. I, I didn't a b i'm like i should and we certainly will do that before we put them away but right yeah 
but that, that's big for me. And, and weight. I mean, it's because uh, that's a good weight for a bass man. Yeah, it's older, but I mean, it's a concern. You know, doing four hour gigs. You know, with uh, yeah, the downtown, down, yeah, thing. the downtown in town work. But is, even doing a, a sixty or ninety minute set, you still want to be able to be comfortable. Sure. And uh, with a heavy bass, like we were talking about the Stingray earlier, like I wouldn't want to do that for an hour. You know. Um, maybe a three-song whiskey jam thing, but I ain't yeah. doing it for uh, you know. boat anchors, man. For sure, <laughs> they're great, but yeah, the same thing. So this is, you know, it, it kind of checked all the boxes. It had a great neck. I could tell that it had the, the a vibe for sure, even unplugged with the old strings and uh, the weight. Obviously, it was and the, it looks super awesome. That pit yeah. guard is gorgeous, man. It looks like. It looks like a print of fire. It looks like a graphic <laughs> yeah. print. Well, this is actually a Spitfire pit guard. This is one of the few things on here that was replaced. Oh, it is? Yeah, but they okay. do a really good job of, of doing a, a replica uh, pit guard. So what's looks- up with the red up top on the top horn? It's so tape. Yeah. Tape, yeah. Oh, it's okay, okay. It's like I didn't know if it was a, a refinish or something. No, not at all. But, I mean, there's <laughs> there's a lot going on here. Yeah. A lot to unpack. But the there's a guy named Mr. Watkins, apparently, that owned this bass, and he carved Watt into numerous places on the bass, including the <laughs> bridge cover, the neck plate, the headstock. Yeah, twice, actually. What are you doing, Mr. Watkins? That's ridiculous. Yeah, man. So if Mr. Watkins is out there, man. I say that, but you got your name on this amp. So yeah, I know. I can't really talk, about to say. <laughs> I can't really talk too much. <laughs> and there it is. Yep. For sure. Uh, it all comes back to the vanity of Johnny Stanton. <laughs> <laughs> so that was an option back in the day, just to re- just to let... That's cool. cool. I didn't know that. Just I've to clue everybody that. in on that. Like, I don't want to feel like, hey, what's up with that? But uh, that was an option. You could send your Lucite... Uh, little placard yeah thing. little placard logo deal and and they would carve your or engrave your name for an extra five ten that's probably the least nerdy thing we're going to talk about today, well so don't yeah okay that's no fair. worries <laughs> yeah so i had to get that option i've had a shower since i was using the smoker but all i can i still smell like a smoker so if, it's all right uh, if you guys are getting hungry i'm sorry right. um <laughs> So when you're when you're doing sessions, and I know you do several, um, what do you take? Do you, does it depend on who's calling you? Yeah, it's usually kind of based what, on it, let's, the vibe. Let's put it this way: if if you know nothing going into the session, and just pretend that, uh, you know, it, loading in and loading out is no big deal, and getting it there and whatever of your stuff. Like if you had to like be prepared for anything, what what do you what are you going to take? I'd probably take this. Because I know that you have a house that has a bed, and then the rest is gear. <laughs> well, yeah, I've gotten a little bit better lately, but yeah. <laughs> I've got a storage unit, and I've got some other places where I could stick some you know, some gear here and there. But, but yeah, um, it was pretty bad there for a while. Uh, so I'd probably take this. This is, you know, just regular 61P with flats. Not regular, but I mean, just a, you know. Just a, just a regular old historic <laughs> base. But just, a, you know this because uh, i could do 90 percent of everything with this probably right right well uh, not with flats on it though right so th- that would be you know, but this would be my main base but yeah flats is definitely not my dude would you ever change the strings like pull them off and put them back on to do your road thing if you're looking for a certain vibrate would you just bring a totally different bait another I, another p with the rounds yeah i, I have a, a round with or a, a p with rounds rather i got a round with p's on <laughs> that too but um no, so I would probably bring another P with rounds. I'm as a well. doctor too. Hey, so yeah, bring that. Br- bring two P's, one with flats, one with rounds. So that's kind of the obvious thing, and then probably a jazz bass, um, maybe a five string. I've got a five string P, and I've got a five string. Oh uh, yeah, you have the twin to my five string J. Don't I do. You? I do. Uh, somebody, uh, you know Jeremy Middleton? I do. Uh, he's got a five-string PJ that sounds really good. He does, yeah. That's a great sounding bass. I would like to have a five-string PJ. Yeah. Is that the one with, with both style pickups, but they're kind of like offset from where they normally would be? Like the, the P is a little no, further back and the J is a little... I don't I don't think no? that the spacing is any different. I think that the the bridge of the jazz is in the same spot and where you would have really? the, the neck jazz in a jazz bass pickup it's just a p bass is that i think i think you're right it just looks a little weird because it's a five yeah. string so you're used to well, see four string p's okay yeah well and just that 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 pickup you know is just looks different than the skinny ass jazz pickup pickups yeah, or yeah well, you must have your j bass in the in the case or something and there's 70 yeah, spacing. it's over yeah, there yeah, sorry yeah. yeah there's 70 spacing too where the bridge pickup is different from like the 60 spacing oh i didn't know that was a thing. so there's a little okay. difference there that 
I forgot about Jeremy's, but or where his is, but you know, there there could be little things. His is nothing special. He made some remark about it being nothing special. No, I know, but I mean, I'm just saying with regard to that sound for your jazz pickup, mm-hmm. you know, you can get a little punchier sound by where it's placed. Okay, like the PJs, you know, the P's typically are farther back on a jazz bass. If you, if you were to see a PJ jazz, yeah, interesting. Just because sometimes when they get a little farther up toward the neck where they look right, they get a w- little woolier sounding. Okay, huh? Just a little so thing then, about then maybe so. Well, I I know that there's a uh, there's a run of I can't remember the name of it, but it's the it's the same idea, the PJ. But there's a Japanese run of that, sure, where the the P pickups were placed. I mean, not that much further, you know, half an inch, an inch further back, and sure. then the the J. Uh, it's just to compensate for spacing, right? Right. Because the P is going to take up a little more space, so they yeah. they they had to move one of them. I think it's just maybe the P is further back, but they're not as desirable because it changes obviously the the tonal properties. I, I wouldn't think that you'd want to move the bridge jazz pickup too much because no, there's well, it's it's a jazz neck pickup with a P bridge pickup. Oh, oh. That's I've never seen that. That's funky. Yeah. That's cool, though. Or it could be. Uh, yeah, oh, maybe. you know what? Maybe I have that reversed. Maybe it's, it would be usually maybe it would be further towards the, the... The P is further towards the neck, and the J is further towards the bridge. That's more that, common. That, yeah, 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 that's yeah. that's the only iteration okay. that, I, that yeah, I've yeah, seen. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I had that reversed in my head. I wonder what that would sound like, though. It obviously wouldn't sound good, or somebody would have done it. <laughs> maybe. Pro- yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, because that's not where you're going to put the pickup on a P bass. Where the no. bridge jazz, but I mean, you could go. do the dual P's. I mean, those are kind of cool. Point being that they are that, moved. That would be cool. I, well, yeah. I've heard that and played that. That's cool. I mean, the, the old elites were like that. Um, there's some other bases that have the two P's, but the, or the dual P. That's cool. I've not seen that. But I don't know if I'd want to replace the neck with a jazz. A dual P. Yeah, I wouldn't want to put the. I mean, there's a cool thing with the neck pickup on a jazz for sure. We all kind of, you know. Yeah, I guess it's, you get that like sound. you can get if you roll your your bridge pickup back, you can kind of approach Stingray territory a little bit. But I mean, it's right. It's not the same. It's definitely not. But I mean, you can kind of get that boxy sound. Right. I, I, in my opinion, yeah, it's yeah. not boxy. It's like it's kind of like a, a a big round kind of a yeah. It's got a thing, and it's it's very usable sound, but. It's definitely, I don't know if I'd want to replace that with a, a jazz versus a P. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Totally. I, I think you're right, though. I, if <laughs> Somebody should have already done it by now if it would have sounded good. No doubt. You are listening to the Gear and Beer Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Bobby Jam's Kitchen. Want to take your home cooking to the next level? Need new recipe ideas or meal inspiration? Like, follow, and subscribe to Bobby Jam's Kitchen on YouTube and Instagram. At Bobby Jam's Kitchen. Cook your food and eat it. Uh, a free-for-all session where you didn't know what you're showing up for right um are we we're, rolling uh, yeah cool uh i mean yeah p j probably a hollow the yeah, probably the a epi, hollow. right yes yeah, so, epi it's a it's a japanese epi but it sounds great there's a certain vibe i mean it's not the jack cassidy but it, and it's not the really old you know like what, what's EBT. it is it a humbugger i think they're single coils actually oh really yeah but uh okay. and i have flats on it and it's got the mute so and I, sometimes I'll tune it down a whole step, depending oh, on the okay. vibe or the That's song, cool. you know. But it's got a real upright. It responds well to doing that? Yeah, especially so. when you put it through a compressor. I mean, it's got a almost like an uprighty vibe. Oh, that's cool, man. You know, when some people are like, oh, do you, you want to bring an upright? It's like, let me try this first, because I think this is probably what you're going for. And it's going to be easier for me to play and easier for you to kind of process. You don't have to mic up the whole thing. And Do you play upright as well? A little bit. Right on. I mean, enough to be, you know, a simple line, but not like sure. crazy rockabilly guy what do you have in terms of upright 
I have two Ks right now. Okay. I've got a 48 uh, C1 that I actually rescued from my junior high. Are the Ks oh. all ply? They're both ply, yeah. Okay. And m- most of the Ks, I, I think they're all ply, actually. Okay. Yeah, um, I, was, I wasn't sure about that. Yeah. I'm about to have to text security to get me a beer, except for I can't because there's my phone. I mean, I can also just go get you a beer. Security. I could just. I don't yeah, think. That, I don't think this equipment's going to blow up in the meantime. Well, I certainly hope not, but you never know with my stuff. Right. Right. Um, I don't need it right this second. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, I have a K or I have two Ks, like I said, and I have awesome. a, uh, another one that's got. Uh, so that one's got Zyx uh, strings on it. They're a little <laughs> more stretchy for doing kind of uh, more bluegrass e ish sounding stuff. You know, it's got. More looser tension. Then I have a, another one, a 53 M1 that's got spirochords on it, which is more of a orchestral string mm-hmm. for more kind of like jazz combo stuff. Interesting. Um, and I never thought, you know, before I moved to Nashville that, they, that either of them were all that cool. But then when I, once I moved here, like, you have two Ks? Dude, you have two Ks. It's, it's pretty like, cool. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's pretty sweet. <laughs> I never thought it was cool. Then I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll get them fixed up now. And, 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 and they both get played, you know, yeah. by me and my friends and whoever's like, hey, I got a session. Can I borrow that ant or that bass, rather? It's like, sure. You know, so. Yeah, Johnny's, Johnny's good for that. Uh, hey, can I borrow this? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Well, it, doesn't, it almost doesn't even matter what you're looking for. <laughs> He's kind of like a, like that shop that Tom Bukovac used to have, except for it's just his house. <laughs> Second, I do third third gear with Johnny Stan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I liked it when we talked about how much gear is in your house. You were like, I, it's okay. I've got it under control. I got some storage units. <laughs> like, I bought more space just to so I could get my house under control. Right, yeah. I, mean, I want my living room back. Yeah. Well, you know, that's cool, though. Yeah. Uh, you have a thing, and your thing is stacking gear, and that's what's up, man. This is, yeah. It's, well, this it's, is a podcast to celebrate people like you. Yeah, I mean, gear's great. So, I mean, it's a, it's been a thing for me since I was a kid, so uh, I got to thank my dad for that, for throwing me in the barrel early, you know, showing me that, hey, that guitar amp's cool, that bass amp's cool, that thing's junk, don't get that, you know. Is your dad a musician? Yeah, he's also a bass player, too. Oh, very cool. So, yeah, he... Uh, he took me out to the bars early on. Professional bass player? Or? Yeah, yeah. And, and he uh, he would take me out and show me bands, you know, we'd go watch bands and uh, kind of gave me, you know, an early glimpse of what was to come. Yeah. <laughs> this is the road you're headed down, yeah, son. If, if this is... <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. If you, if you don't like this, then get out now. Yeah, no doubt. But I got a taste and I liked it, so, you know. Well, yeah, you, uh, you know, doing the thing is, as well as anybody I know doing the thing. I'd say it worked out. Yeah, no, that's good. So we're we're working through this uh, deep question or long answered question, I suppose. It's not that deep; it's fairly face value. But uh, so we kind of talked through the basis. Now, do you take do you take like DI with glass in it, or like the SVT, or the Fat Boy, or Evil Twin, or any of that Tonecraft, or do you have any of those? kind of things my go-to lately has been especially if i don't know what's going on has been using this uh ampeg, the scr the scr ampeg um i've had not I, i've had a lot of uh good moments with it live but i can't ever quite get it where i want it for some reason in this i guess it that's not entirely true it just it just depends on the engineer probably to a certain extent as well sure but i just i find it gets a little clanky i often cut the treble like a lot right maybe that's just my playing style or something that could be yeah i mean i have a tendency to roll back the tone maybe you know a quarter turn anyway just naturally but um i do that on the jazz uh i try to run the p as open as i can because i really like the, the the woody sounds right yeah, just, and I've got I've got the I got steel rounds on mine. Sure, I think they're only like a couple of years old. Right, I just put some steels on my other one that I've been using with uh, with rounds. I pee with rounds, so hoping for some longevity over the summer with that. So fingers crossed. Are you playing that uh, fifty seven out or anywhere? Not usually. I, I've been. I'll sometimes take that to a session. That's that also has rounds on it. Oh, okay. And it's got the maple neck. Yeah, know, like they did then. So, and that's got a certain punch to it that. Uh, I used that a lot on the last record, the, the Steelwoods record. Oh, that's dope. Uh, old news. And I used my Acme Motown DI on that. Okay. Man, I, I almost got one of those, and then I ended up, I wanted to try out this API, mm-hmm. and I'm happy with my choice, but I think I will still probably get it, one of those Acmes. I mean, that's that's like a, 
that's a, a Nashville piece of gear, even though it says Motown. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're real flat sounding and they're not super shiny or any of the, you know, the buzzwords that you would think of when you sure. think of bass, but it's, uh, it's got all the information, which is what I like about it. Cause it's, there's nothing scooped. Yeah. It's all there. Well, it, uh, no, I'm thinking of, I can't remember what I'm thinking of. There's, I, when I, I was looking at all different kind of things, I, I was actually, I, hesitated and regrettably missed out on a palmer cdi uh uh wait what is it it's a P- pdi ctc that's what that's what it is it's their it's their tube interface and it's okay. got or a tube di and it's got uh like i think it's got four specific uh frequency dip switches for okay. boosting or cutting sure. or or whatever and uh if you can find them they're usually like 1200 bucks i found one for 575 and i was like man um i don't know and then like (laughs) a couple days later i was like okay i'm gonna do it and then it was gone of course yeah idiot well palmer makes some cool stuff or did i guess i I don't even know if they're still in business no i they they are still in business but they don't make that anymore Ah, okay that's what it is a lot of their cool stuff got, got discontinued then, huh? Yeah, they still make a bunch of other DI products, as far sure. as I as far as I could tell. Because I when I when searching for that, I was seeing all their stuff. Sure. And I think they have load boxes and right. stuff like that. Yeah, that's they might of... even uh, have like EQ interfaces. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, man. I I fixed and up upgraded a bunch of things on all of my different rigs, playing multiple instruments that needed some work. Sure. And so I did a lot of research, and I really dragged my feet as I'm off to do about spending a bunch of money. But uh, I hear you. Um, the API is cool, man. Like, uh, it's totally cool. It is. It doesn't have the warm, tubey vibe like I really want, especially for that low end. Right. But it is a great natural sound, and the way that it's... Uh, the the values that they chose for the the frequency range for your controls right. are obviously yeah yeah l- chosen specifically that's a good range the comp i like i f- i haven't looked at uh what the different settings are I, it just it seems like it's more compressed as you go from one to six sure and the volume also comes up so the gain you have to adjust it's not sure and you know i don't like compression at all the time when i'm using it live but if i'm playing a ballad and i've got big long notes i'm going to turn the compressor on so it's just kind of annoying having to go back and forth so i may eventually look for outboard compression that's the first compression i've ever had on a board do you do you have compression on your board what are you using i i don't right now but i've i've used different pedals over the years you know everyone's answer to the la2a yeah. pedal you know mm-hmm. um i was using just a mxr bass compressor for my Wayland bass for i don't know maybe a year yeah. just to kind of as a gain boost not necessarily as a compressor um in the traditional sense sure but it worked more as a gain boost but it also really evened it out and i've had a lot of friends during that period when i was playing that bass were like man i can really hear that bass so i was like obviously it's doing something besides just boosting the game sure so that's interesting to consider i you know i as far as plugins like i really like the 3a on bass um to Mm. be totally honest yeah but i've never like i've never had access to use the hardware like in a live setting i thought about putting uh you know one of those warm audio building a rack and putting sure. one of those actual hardware compressors on there right and then i didn't well they sound great and they do sound great and I, they sound pretty close to the real thing i that's I, every ab that i've heard and every engineer that i've talked to seemed to think that they they've done a pretty good job oh so. yeah right man um in terms of you're talking about outboard gear uh, on a live uh, situation, making me think. Uh, there's a lot of companies that are making that idea. So Chandler is currently making pedals. Right. Chandler just started making pedals. Really. I I know we've talked about uh, with Boo, the, the UA, UA stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Petty John is one that you may want to check out in terms of a compressor. They because their their thing is 
essentially outboard gear in a pedal form, right? Yeah. So um, they've super high quality components. Yeah. We'll see how that translates. I mean, that's my always my biggest thing. It seems like with upboard gear is hearing the transformers when you're mm-hmm. really smacking it. That's when you can hear a difference. Yeah. Versus a plug-in. Sure. But I mean, even the plug-ins sound great these days. Well, and that's crazy too, man. Because uh, you know, not everybody has access to a a big ass studio full of real ass gear. Right. Mm-hmm. And. I don't know many working musicians that can afford that kind of gear unless they of course only spend their money on that and they live in a trailer or you know whatever. <laughs> um and, I mean even still you would still need to be doing really well yeah. um to afford all that stuff. Sure. So it's like out of necessity the plugins now sound really good because they really do. I mean all Made almost all major engineers, unless you're just really trying to get a tape vibe and digital be damned, like everybody's doing at least some stuff in the box, sure, and they're doing it because it sounds right or they wouldn't do it, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, for years they didn't have that stuff, and mm-hmm. doing it the hard way or the long way or the expensive way, which I guess are kind of all the same way, uh, was was no thwart to the engineer. So that just tells you the the quality of that of those products. So I tangented tangented there you go. I tangented. That's not a word. I'm going to keep saying it. Let's come some hyphens in there. I'm going to move forward. Okay. So you bring your Motown and you bring your SCR. Are you bringing this B15 and like a SVT as well? Probably not. Really? Um, unless it's really called for. Unless there's like a real organic vibe going on, a producer. Well, I'm saying if you're, you're going in blind and... Did yeah, it, I'm, I'm nine times out of ten, not. I'm not going to use it unless it's really requested. Like, hey, we want to have a, a live, live rig. Yeah. You know, like bring bring a B15 or some, you know, vibey amp. Um, otherwise, I'm going direct nine times out of ten. Right on. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, just because, I mean... There's no real need for it usually, unless that's really requested. Right, sure. Well, and you know, just so, and I didn't know that you know whether you were or not, but a lot of times guys are just like, "This is my sound. This is how I get my sound, and I'm going to do that." Or you can call somebody else. Right. I mean, I'm I don't have a big rack full of a bunch of upboard gear that some guys do. Sure. One, but what I meant was like, my sound is this mic on this amp, and that's how I get my bass. Sure. You know? Sure. And there's something to be said for that too. I mean, totally. obviously, I mean, I'm a big B15 fan, but well, that I mean, or an Ampeg fan well, in general, really. What I just, yeah, well, sure. Ampeg is a very particular sound, and I I enjoy it a lot. I have a friend whose name I won't mention who swears that he doesn't like it, and I'm just like, I'm just not sure that you've ever used anything real good because they have a bunch of like what I would call intermediate level gear. Just like a lot of companies. Well, yeah, do. there's different eras where they were, you know, went through different quality control eras. Well, and just like the the different models, like models too, yeah. You know, the four pro, six pro, seven pro, like right. Those are those are like era specific needs in those amps that are not really the thing. Like a lot of the stuff that they did in the '90s seemed very geared towards like the heavy rock guy thing that sure. was happening, right? And they had the weird speaker com- or configurations, rather, with like you know the four eight cabinets, yeah, you know, the four twelve cabinets, all these weird, you know. Man, one of the best cabinets that I've heard to this day was still a four twelve Bergantino cabinet. Oh yeah, they're great. It was massive for you know considering. I mean, it was almost as big as a fridge. Oh yeah, for sure. But damn, it sounded good, man. It's man, like- I've come around on the twelves for bass. I, I never was really a twelve guy. But the, the since I've been using these two twelve ampegs, man, that's just changed my whole world with or my whole attitude toward twelve. Have you heard the Schroeder cabinets? I have, man. the The ISO two twelve and just the regular offset two twelve, right, are two of the biggest sounding cabinets. My buddy Wes plays those, and he's actually the only person that I've seen in a live scenario play them. I've seen pictures of dudes playing them. Sure, but. I will be damned if that dude cannot fill any room with like the way he wants his bass to sound, oh, yeah. and like no whether it's soft or whether it's loud, it's still like 
fills that. Oh, yeah. They're punchy. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Yeah, for how big they are. I mean, my buddy Chris has one, too, and it's the first time I heard it, I was like, whoa. Now, his are both, they're, they're neocabs. Yeah, they're neocabs, and they're huge. I mean, they're huge sounding for not a, re- a very big footprint. Right. You could put straps on it and put it on your back and walk the... Yeah, man. Walk a few blocks, do a little Nashville trot, if you (laughs) will. Backpack that thing to the car, man. (laughs) I yesterday played downtown a guitar, then then bass double. Ooh. So uh, Lyndon texted me. Apparently, he was down there, too, and he said, where are you going with all that gear? (laughs) (laughs) You looked like you were in, like, a Mad Max caravan. I kind of was. The amount of gear that you had. Right. Uh, you know, I was just, uh, I didn't have the guitar player with the flamethrowing guitar strap to the front or anything, but, you know, You should have. Uh, should <laughs> Down I Down there these days. <laughs> Let's not even start that. Well. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> it's open season, man. Right. What have you been listening to lately, man? Oh, man. Wow. Just interesting segue, but I don't, I don't even think I've ever asked a guest that, but that's something that I'm often interested in, like what other people are listening to. It's a good way to find out about new music and stuff. But then there are a lot of musicians, uh, and I don't know if you're one of them, who just like don't listen to music, and I, I don't understand it, but I, oh, I they do. do it. I do, but I listen to a lot of my old, like, old favorites, you know. I'm not. I'm not. Same. That being said, though, I have listened to some new guys that I dig. Because uh, you've been doing this radio thing, right? Right, yeah. I, I was doing a spot on Gimme Country, and I, or I did a spot on Gimme Country, rather, and I'm doing another one in July, but... Um, so there's, but I've also been, you know, listening to new music, uh, especially guys that come out and open for us that um, I've been digging as well. Uh, there's a band called The Wilder Blue. Yeah, that's my homies, dude. Yeah, from Texas, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. That's Andy Rogers band. Yeah, oh, Andy's, yeah. Zane okay. Williams, all those cats from the, Texas. The post Oso Closo. Yeah, well, post uh, a lot of things for Andy, okay. but he was doing Zane Williams for a minute, oh. and this is his band with Zane Williams. Isn't Zane's- that who Mike Tuck was playing with? Zane was playing. Uh, Mike was, was playing with Zane. Yeah. Now Mike is actually playing with Pat Green. What? He's utility for Mike's Pat playing Green. with Pat Green. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, yeah. indeed, man. I That's don't know how awesome. he's doing that, being in the Air Force and living in California. Well, but he's if you doing it. Off, man. Uh, he's a working man. Good for him. No, I think he actually just moved back to Texas. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what what his uh, living situation and he was living in a trailer uh, or like a motorhome or like a maybe it was like a one of those tiny homes or something huh. some sort of weird california redneck situation but yeah. then there was like oh. a i don't know i've seen a lot of instagram stories to whether he was having water leaks or something so i'm sorry to sure. bunny trail us super hard what was the name of the band again uh the wilder blue wilder the blue, wilder blue. Okay. yeah definitely check that out the for rec- sure the record is called hill country that's available right now i know that they're uh currently or just finished being in the studio working on a second one okay um it's like it's like imagine a like if america and pure prairie league did more folksy music agreed yeah pure prairie league is definitely a good comparison they sing like birds dude harmonies are super man that tune adios did they do that live um, I don't it's know. The, it's the coolest tune on that record, uh, just based on the vocal thing that happened, and that's one of the tunes that Zane doesn't sing. Okay, uh, I don't know who's doing that. Who's the other? Oh, so Zane is in the band. Yeah, Zane yeah, is yeah, in the band. Uh, he sings the majority, and he plays acoustic yeah, guitar. It's kind of his. Well, I mean, it's all. It's a band, obviously. Well, but, they. He's certainly the one with the most notoriety. Sure. Okay. That I that I'm aware of. Right. Because he did well in Texas for a, a, over a decade. Is Andy singing too? Yeah. Okay. He's singing and he's playing like sounds good. dobro and banjo yeah. and some he's jumping around a lot. Yeah, some mando, but Mando, yeah. Just generally being a red bearded son of a bitch, but <laughs> <laughs> Your name gets brought up almost nightly. Speaking so. of well, that, that's probably not good for me, but uh, no, no, it is good. It's, oh well that's fun. It's good for all of us. Yay. But uh no, there's a song called Palomino Gold by those guys. Yeah, that's a great one that's, too. That's been getting a lot of play and uh they sound great live playing that. I mean they sound great playing live all their songs but i'll do my best to put a link to that record on spotify i got a note here for you my man cool but yeah that's, the mccarty twisting and tweaking that's one of the new bands i've been listening to because they're relatively new um same yeah I, he so he called me when they were opening for you guys here uh, like three weeks four weeks ago okay 
and that's the first time he even bothered to tell me he was even doing that and i was like what are you you have a new band what he's like yeah i'm in town tonight it's like <laughs> of course are you are you free in three hours it's like, well, no, Andy, I have things going on. But if you had told me, like, as soon as yesterday, right. I would have had maybe an opportunity. Right. Um, but so I went and listened to it, and that's great, too. Sure. Um, are you, did you include any Wilder Blue on Gimme Country? I did. I had a boy. Palomino Gold? Palomino Gold. Yeah. It's my, kind of my go-to. Uh, but that being said, there's a bunch of other great songs. And I'm sure they're going to have some other new great songs as well. But What are of, some other bands that you've been checking out? Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones up here, kind of off the cuff. Uh, uh, I've been working with a guy named Tony Cachetti up in Wisconsin. Some been recording with him. Um, he's a great singer songwriter. Uh, that, this means my beer is empty. So. I see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you. Bro. <laughs> um, what you want? Uh, whatever. A cold beer. Cold how, beer. Do, how do you spell Cachetti? Uh, C U C H E T T I. Okay. Um. He's from Detroit, lived in Florida, lives in Minnesota now. He's a great singer-songwriter buddy of mine. Um, another guy, Rye Davis, played on his record a while back. He's in Kentucky. Um, been digging his stuff lately. Um, I've been doing some blues gigs, actually, with a guy named Scott Raminger. He's a sax player from D.C. Okay. So I've been that's been fun. And he's got a new record out with a bunch of guys from, uh, well, I don't know if it's new. I, maybe it's been on for a few years, but I've been digging his record lately. Right on. Some uh, blues. Cool. Yeah. It's got blues sax. Blues sax. Got some New Orleans cats on it, you know, some, <laughs> okay. you know. A little swampy action, maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, got George Porter Jr. playing bass on that record. That's pretty sweet. Okay. I'm digging that. Okay. So on, on this Gimme Country thing, like uh tell me more about that we talked about it briefly but i don't so is it an internet radio site or yeah it's an internet radio okay there's an app i mean you can go to the website as well okay. you can download the app as well um and they have a lot of great artists and it's, DJs, is it give DJs. me or is it g-i-m-m-e give g-i-m-m-e gimme 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 country gimme country yeah and i mean there's a bunch of great guest djs on there so that's worth checking out if you haven't already um, Jesse Dayton, I think, has his own channel on there, and a bunch of other great, you know, regular guests. So okay, um, well, so like when you do a show, is it uh, you do it and then it's done and it's gone, or can people find it? I think they replay it, but I don't think there's any way. Of okay, so they're they're doing back. like actual radio, not like, like yeah. Uh, I don't think you can go back and click on whatever copy. show. I mean, maybe you can. I honestly don't know. Well, I certainly don't either. So we we can move on then. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, well, that's cool, man. I that makes me. My there you man. go. Refill. My man. So I, we talked earlier. Uh, I, I just, or I, I mentioned earlier about the doing the the radio show in Dallas called the Dallas Jazz Rodeo on that's Deep right. Ellum Radio. Yeah, Deep Ellum's obviously. If you don't know, uh, just a an entertainment district in, in Dallas kind of like yeah. the French Quarter would be or Broadway would yeah. be. You know. I remember you telling me about that because I had never really as many times as I've been to Dallas I've never really been down there I've heard of it for years. Really? That's, I guess that makes sense because you're playing bigger venues. I mean Trees or the Ballroom would have been mm-hmm. uh, something that you guys could have done. Trees probably <coughs> um, maybe a little small um well no because i've seen like no man seven animal there. i saw animals as leaders in there and it was packed and it was a ton of people and their yeah. capacity is pretty large well that being said i mean i yeah. might have actually been there and not even known it that's fair yeah. you know but I, I once you pointed that out, i was like oh this is cool this is way cool it's a cool place way and it's been through a bunch of like it wasn't that cool it was like dying when i was a just coming out of high school and then it tried to like rebirth and then kind of died some more and now it's yeah. been like pretty heavily gentrified right but some of it's good there's some like there's some really cool restaurants down oh, yeah. there but For sure the my favorite two clubs down there are now d- dead the uh, club clearview died over a decade ago and then most recently a club called curtain club died curtain club was a small room but it was the best sounding room down there Mm. man right on and my buddy chad lavelle was the engineer there and he was just like a great engineer in the room and you know yeah you run into so many 
issues with like you know sound engineers that like have egos because they know that they work in a cool spot and like you know unless you're traveling with your own engineer which not a lot of people are able to do that um chad was always like he didn't care if you were cool and not a dick he was going to make you sound good and even if you were a dick he was going to tell you you were a dick and then make you sound good <laughs> well that's that's good at least it was a cool room i, I we will miss that room yeah that's cool unfortunate room. it seems like that's happening a lot of, to a lot of places around the country yeah man that's the way it goes people uh need to erect high rises and put in commercial space bro and right you got to bring in shake shack what else are we gonna do man right well, i'm glad that we're carrying our own engineer luckily i mean that's like you were saying, I mean, unless you're carrying those guys, it's it can be, you know, obviously the whim of the club, you know. Sure, or that, sure. Or that dude on his day, you know, he might be feeling good or bad or whatever. So, yeah, old lady kicked him out in the mo- that morning because he, uh, you know. Right, something. Drank two-fifths of Skull Vodka the night before. <laughs> oh, Lord. Lord have mercy. That, I mean, some of those dudes are like that. They right, just, that's true. You know, that's crawl true. out of the bottle to barely make it to work and right. then be grumpy until they have their first eight drinks. Yeah, there, yeah, there's something to be said for that. Well, I'll tell you what, there's something else to be said for, and that's for today's guest, Johnny Stanton. <laughs> Appreciate you stopping by and... Uh, hanging out with us man um yeah thanks robert we should uh i think it's i think it's time to adjourn to the kitchen all right and do, do i the just eating. tasted one of those potatoes when i was downstairs i'm i'm pretty excited well so that's that's it we're calling it cool johnny stanton of the steel woods checking them out check them out <laughs> check them out anywhere that they are very good thank you uh, okay and sorry i ran out of steam there um that's uh the train derailed a little bit sorry right. Lyndon mccarty twisted and tweaking i'm robert miller this is the gear and beer podcast if you do not already please follow us on instagram and youtube subscribe on any of your podcast sites uh, there it excuse is. me i'll edit this that ending out. is going real well and uh gear and beer and don't forget that Lyndon is a dick. <laughs> See you next time. Love you. See y'all. Thank you for listening to the Gear and Beer Podcast. Make sure and subscribe and turn on notifications for our channels. And if you haven't already, follow our Instagram and YouTube channels. We truly appreciate your support and ask that you please tell anyone you know whom you think might be interested in our podcast about gear and beer to help us grow and continue bringing in great guests from around the industry and beyond. Thanks again, and until the next episode.